Welcome to the EQFit Podcast. Our mission is to equip people to prosper in every aspect of their life. Whether you're at home or in the workplace, we explore practical ways of improving success, satisfaction, finding balance, and building enjoyable and beneficial relationships. Thank you for joining us. So we're continuing our exploration of different tools, assessments, surveys that you can use to help you. And today is one of those that I really enjoy looking at and exploring because it deals with organizations as a whole. And if you track an organization over time, especially say in the last five to 10 years, with all of the changes, with COVID hitting, and with so many different changes in the workforce, so many people in the boomer generation retiring, millennials coming up and into their own. There's so much going on, so many different dynamics at play here that it's really important we focus in on getting good information about our organizations and where they are right now and how they're changing because the organization of 10 years ago is not the same organization today and we may say well sure steve that makes sense right but the reality is we don't think enough about that we don't realize the magnitude of change because we're used to it when you're in the middle of something it's very difficult to see the bigger trend lines over five or 10 years. And organizations are facing some headwinds now that they have simply not faced in the past. The employee marketplace is very difficult, hard to find good talent. Uh, We have a vacuum being created by the boomers retiring at such a high rate. Uh, Last number I heard was something like 10,000 a week. I think that's the correct number. Well, that creates a vacuum within our organizations that we need to fill with good talent and we need to figure out how to do that. But that's just one element. Leadership has changed. The virtual workplace has changed everything. So how do we get a handle on what is the reality for today? What is the current reality? And what might it look like in the future? How do you plan for the future? Well, there's a book by Patrick Lencioni called The Advantage. You may have read it. There's a statement on the cover of that book. It's really, I guess, a question, but it's a statement. Why organizational health trumps everything else in business? That's what I want to focus on today. Out of this book, Patrick has really given us a sense of how we can avoid the pitfalls of not changing with our times by creating a flow, a process to manage whatever comes our way. Organizational health and vitality. You're going to hear me use those terms a lot. 
those are critical because if you don't have that, you don't have the health or the energy to move forward. And you have a sluggish organization, one that just seems to be less than agile, less than resilient. So if you haven't read the book, by the way, The Advantage by Patrick Lencioni, I highly recommend it. There are truths in the book that are really keys that open doors of engagement, of productivity, of profitability, of good leadership, and how to enhance organizational health. So what is this organizational health and vitality that I talk about? It is the fitness and the energy of an organization. Just like the human body, each organization has multiple parts. If one part of the body is not healthy, it impacts the entire body. Anybody who's had a problem with a tooth will know that. It's amazing how a small thing like a tooth, having a problem, or you need a root canal or something like that, how that can impact the entire body and how you feel about things, and really how much energy you have to do other things. When you see world-class athletes perform, what you're seeing is a body that is healthy, it's vital, and it's in harmony. Every part of the body is healthy, including the mind, which then generates vitality, which is the energy to perform, to do things. And that can be put toward whatever the effort is. In athletes, there is also a level of training and equipping that they have experienced that adds to that effectiveness. So you need to have the health of the body or the health of the organization. You have to have vitality comes out of good health, which is the energy you need to move forward. It's motivation and energy. But you also need equipping so that you can do the things you need to do. And your people need that as well in your organization. Study after study shows us that the athletes that win the most, the ones that win consistently, have something in common. What is it? Is it the best physical attributes? Maybe in some cases, but really what it is, the true commonality here is a strong mindset, one that's resilient, agile, and focused. The body can be in excellent health, but if the mindset is not right, the athlete will never perform at their best. And this is why you see so many professional athletes and so many professionals in business who have coaches or psychologists or whatever to really help them, to help them be the very best that they can be. You know what? That also includes teams and organizations. I work with a lot of leadership teams that I work with as individuals, but also as a team together. And there is a there is a connection there. There is a flow and there's a balance to all of that. By the way, there's another great book there that just came to mind. It's Interconnectivity, Flow and Balance by Yvette Bethel. And if you want to get deep into understanding 
the living systems within organizations, that is probably the primary book that I would recommend. It's called Interconnectivity, Flow and Balance by Yvette Bethel. But this is important in teams and organizations. You can have the very best people and they can be the greatest at what they do. But if the organizational health and vitality are poor, you're simply wasting that talent. And that, that means culture too. Because a lot of the health of an organization and the vitality comes out of shared values, shared purpose, shared goals. It's the culture of the organization. So what limits organizational health and vitality? What takes away from that? There's actually a lot of factors that do that and can negatively impact organizational health and vitality. I'm just going to list several of these. Here's what I want you to do as I list them. I want you to think about either your organization or other organizations that you've known or been a part of and see how many of these resonate with you where you have seen this as a limiting factor to organizational health and vitality. Number one, politics. And then lack of trust. Lack of investing in developing people. Poor leadership. Toxic people. Poor culture. Lack of autonomy. Uncertainty around purpose and direction. Fixed mindsets. Low engagement. Lack of feedback. If you take that list and compare it to organizations that you know, I'm sure you're going to find some things present in those organizations you're thinking about. While nothing is perfect, we can certainly enhance organizational health and vitality by tackling some of these key elements and improving them. The question is, where do we start? The best way is to find a good organizational survey or maybe climate survey or assessment. I like the word assessment and it applies very nicely to the one that I use. So either a good climate survey or a good organizational assessment. Now proceed with caution on this as not all organizational climate surveys or assessments are created equal. So let me delineate what I mean by that. Here are some of the key elements to look for to ensure that you're getting the best insights and a really good path forward. Number one, there should be specific measures of key drivers of success. Things like trust and motivation and teamwork and execution and the ability to manage change and do well with change. Those are drivers of success. They need to have actual measures of, of those drivers, not just a bunch of questions that provide data. If that's what you have, you're getting data, but what do you do with it? They're, they're not something that you can really wrap your brain around and, and really come out with a great path forward. Number two, 
There needs to be key outcome measures that are applicable to the organization meeting their strategic goals. And that could be many different things. Are we retaining good talent? Are we achieving? Are we great at customer satisfaction? Those are outcome measures that are important to meeting the strategic goals of an organization. Number three, yes, there should be a measure of engagement. And every climate survey or assessment out there for an organization will have a measure of engagement. That's kind of the big deal, right? And everybody wants to know, how do you enhance your engagement? Here's what I have found. And I have looked at many, many different organizational surveys or assessments. Most of them don't have the following. A path forward, actual steps that can be taken to enhance engagement with employees, employee engagement. Most just don't have that. They'll come up with vague ideas and suggestions and, oh, you should, you should increase that or you should increase this. Well, okay, but how do I do that? That's what they don't get down to. And, and I feel very strongly about this. You can probably tell. I feel very strongly about this because a good, a really good organizational assessment is not just going to give you good data. It's going to give you steps to take to put that data into action. And that's what a good organizational assessment can do for you. Number four, the data that you get should be actionable data. It should be data that you can take action on. And it should be clear what those actions are. You shouldn't have to guess, well, what do I do with this? It should be very clear how to take action with that data. Data that can be turned into KPIs and have specific steps to develop organizational competence. That's what you're looking for. You want data that gives you enough insight to create good key performance indicators, goals, objectives, whatever you want to call them in your world, and the actual specific steps to get there. Number five, there should be a place for people to make comments and share ideas in more of an open format. This is very high value input. I think one of the best parts of the organizational assessment that I use is the comments part, the comments sections. I think you get so much great information there. So those are key elements in a good organizational survey or assessment, but it doesn't stop there. The tool should also have the ability to be customized with questions specific to the organization. It's got to have that custom question capability. Another thing it should have, there should be an easy way to select specific demographics and run multiple reports based on the demographics selected. This is a critical element because generational differences need to be taken into account. And that's what I mean by demographics. And you could put all kinds of different demographics in there. 
And if you get a large enough group of people, you're not singling people out through this. That's not the point of an organizational assessment. This is all aggregated together, and but you can break it down by demographics that really help you understand what does each employee group need. And there are many, many different ways to look at that data. So with a tool like this, you have a great start to gathering good data that provides real beneficial insights. And more importantly, direction on how to improve these critical areas and your organizational health and vitality. And bottom line, that's going to lead to greater success. The tool that I use with my clients is called Organizational Vital Signs by Six Seconds. And if you resonate with the term vital signs, it think of going into the doctor's office or in the hospital, they take your vital signs. Well, it's the same thing for an organization, but we're using a different tool, of course, to measure that. It has all of the things we've talked about already that it's customizable. It has all of those success drivers and outcome measures and engagement measures and steps forward. It has all of the things we've talked about already. But it also adds to that validation and reliability. Validation is ensuring the tool is measuring what it's intended to measure. Reliability is being able to repeat the results within a specific range consistently. This is a very well-validated tool. Let me express how important a tool like this is in a story. I want to tell you this is a true story, and of course I can't share client's name or a lot of the specifics, but I can share some things with you. A couple of years ago, I was asked to do an organizational vital signs assessment for a large organization. At the time, they had about 22,000 employees. The assessment participants were about 250 leaders in the organization. Now, this included many different divisions. We were able to customize the assessment in many different ways custom questions, set up custom demographic tracking, many different things that we could do to really get a sense of how we want to look at the data in many different ways. While I can't share the details, as I've said, because of confidentiality, I can share the outcomes, which are pretty significant. Here is what this client was able to learn to put in place and and really became valuable for them. The reasons behind low engagement within specific divisions. We were able to identify the reasons behind low engagement and then do something about it. There were three key leadership gaps we identified that had to be resolved. That was critical to resolve those. We learned how to create a retention plan for keeping talent instead of the constant turnover that they had been experiencing. 
that alone is a monstrous return on investment. I mean, every time you can reduce turnover, you are saving, well, the stats say 30% to 200% of that position's annual compensation. That's the range that most studies will say it costs in turnover. We were able to come up with specific steps to enhance organizational health and vitality uh, and culture. I'll add culture to that. We were able to find key concerns by generation. So whether it was boomers or millennials or Gen X or whatever, we were able to use the data in a way that showed us what their specific concerns were so that we could address those and we could serve different generational groups instead of just a one-size-fits-all, which, as we know, one size never really fits all, right? Unless you just happen to be the perfect size. And then we were able to define the key roadblocks to growth and enhance success and create a path of forward from that. Now, those are just a few of the key findings. I mean, they're, yeah, they're the top key findings, but there were other key findings within this assessment. From these, we were able to create a plan to impact organizational health and vitality across the organization. And this, the people that were a part of this were all over the world. So it was different cultures, it was different languages, we were able to take care of all of that with this assessment. This is an important part of this. And this is something the client did that I thought was really smart. They created employee-led focus groups that were assigned very specific initiatives in how to take this information and put it into play, put it into practice. What are the action steps? How can we improve this area or that area? This was such a successful project. So for organizations now that may be looking at, okay, how do we measure how we're doing as an organization? What's the value in doing that? Well, I can tell you the ROI on that project is still being counted couple of years later, they're still getting return on investment on that project. I have no idea. I'm sure the ROI is something in the tens of thousands of percentages. Um, so what is the value to organizations to take their vital signs, take one of these organizational assessments? Number one, good data leads to better insights and better decisions. Too many organizations either don't do this or they use some type of survey or assessment that is almost impossible to turn into actionable data, real action steps that come out of it. Number two, value. Understanding an organization's employer brand is critical to attracting good talent. An organizational assessment like this will help an organization identify their employer brand. And where are the gaps? That's a very big deal. 
this is a great way to learn what an organization's employer brand truly is, how the employees see it, because that's how it gets out to other people. Employees talk about where they work. And it's a great way to create the employer brand that you want so you can attract the talent that you want. Number three value. Engaged employees, we know, by study and research, will provide two to four times the productivity of a non-engaged employee. So organizations that want to compete in today's marketplace, they need as many engaged employees as possible. A tool that provides more than just an engagement measure, but one that actually gives real and practical steps that can be taken to enhance engagement is what is needed to create that competitive advantage through your people. That's a, that's a huge value. And it's something that most organizations don't really think about that much. Number four, using an EQ or emotional intelligence infused organizational survey or assessment like the one that I use adds an entirely deeper level of insight and understanding beyond just the standard climate surveys that simply provide categories of data based on normalized questions. Okay, that was a lot of words. What am I saying? The assessment, the organizational assessment that I use has an emotional intelligence aspect infused all the way through it which is going to give you much deeper insight and really get to the root causes of a lot of issues and a lot of the things that are going on in your organization. Why is that important? Well, we know EQ is two to four times more predictive of success than IQ or many other kinds of measures. It makes sense then that an EQ-infused organizational assessment would provide even greater value. And we can talk about that more in the future. So I get the question all the time about how big do we have to be to have an organizational assessment be valuable to us? The answer is really more about how important it is to gain insight and clarity than how many people an organization has. Now, I would say a good starting point would be 25 employees. Now, if an organization has less than that, there's actually another tool that can act in the same way. It's called a TVS or a Team Vital Signs. And we can use that in the same way that we would use an organizational vital signs for organizations that have 25 or more employees. Organizational health and vitality matter and they matter a lot. Measure what matters and do it with a tool that will create the right path forward. Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you have any questions about this week's episode or maybe a suggestion for future episodes you'd like us to explore, please contact us through our website at eqfit.org. For more information and inspiration, 
connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube at EQFit.